Hello everyone, wherever you are in the world, welcome to another episode of Everything EPL, your one stop for the latest and greatest news and action from the Premier League. You can catch us weekly on Football Worldwide, our channel. Check out our link tree in the link, follow us, and then we'll give you all the good good stuff today from the Premier League. I have a great panel today. I'm your host, Mo. To my left, I'm here with Bruno, our host, our European experts from the European Catch-Up. You can catch him weekly. Bruno, how are you, my friend? I am great. Uh, we saw the return of four, uh, three new extra legs this week. A lot of football going on here in Sydney. We're in lockdown, so it's uh, keeping us entertained. But we're here to talk about the Premier League. We had some great results. But before we move on, I'd love to introduce a dear friend of mine and an upcoming journalist out of Australia, Mr. James Henderson. Um, we can see you're a Manchester United supporter, but... Uh, so you're clearly doing well, but how are you? Number one at the moment. Number one. I'm going to enjoy this moment. It's been a while. <laughs> definitely, definitely. It. But I think um, I think before we go into the fixtures, one of the biggest talking points of uh, this week, and I think a lot of us would have noticed it, is the return of fans. And it's not just a little bit. There were – the stadiums were um, at their potential capacity with – all these fans returning. And I just think you look at the results for match day one, there were 10 games and there were 10 winners and 10 losers. There wasn't a single draw. So there's a lot of content. Um, but uh, I'll hand it to you quickly, James. How good was it to have that atmosphere of the fans? Oh, you can tell the major difference from last year. Like just, uh, just, but just players just wanting to be out there and just seeing seeing the players put in the performances and just every team out there just going, this is for this is for these guys because this last 18 months has just been, you know, like you can say, it's been hell for everyone. And finally, football is back and football back with fans and, you know, passionate fans and missing it. And, you know, you can say that England has some of the passion, most passionate fans in the world and that's what they've missed. And you can tell that it was a major difference with some of the teams. And as you notice by all the results. Yeah. And before I hand it, it to is. you, Mo, hey. How before great I hand it to keep... you, oh, go ahead. Um, there, and I want to bring this point up with you, Mo. Um, there was a photo of uh, a celebration occurring during the Manchester United game where the players were right in front of all the fans. All the hands were up cheering. But the beauty of this photo was. There was not one single mobile phone out because everyone's just embracing the fact that they're back at the football. Does that say a lot for the game at the moment, mate? This is this is this is the brilliance of of fans at the football. Fans are football. There is without fans, which is watching on TV. These players are playing in silent stadiums. It's it's a dream because you can imagine Brentford new stadium first time after 77 years in, in in the Premier League top division this it was a phenomenal game it was a phenomenal feeling for everyone even behind the screens i would i could not believe myself yes we saw the fans in the euros but the premier league is a different story my friend the premier league is something else these stadiums are something else and all i can tell you is just go just watch and the games and hear the fans listen to them after the games forget what happened in the game listen to them singing before and after the game 
go find the stream and just watch that and then enjoy how these fans cheer for their team in each and every stadium of the 10 games. It was absolutely phenomenal. And this is the heart of football. Fans are the heart of football. Without them, I don't think there is football. Uh, definitely. We have to start. We have to start in the Tottenham Stadium, right? We have to start. There is no... I know the Man United fans, but the bigger story is Harry Kane, is he going? Is he leaving? But no Harry Kane, no problem. I, I I just can tell you that Son played that very, very well. And, and I know both of you actually watched the game and you know what happened. But I'm going to ask Bruno from a Manchester City fan uh, uh, approach. How did you see Manchester City going? Do you need Harry Kane or do you still think that you can win the league without Harry Kane like last season? Uh, look, it's been three consecutive games for Manchester City without a uh, goal being scored. Um, and it just shows the whole that losing Kunaguero and not having Gabriel Jesus there in the number nine um, really accentuates what's happening at Manchester City. But from a Manchester City fan perspective, I actually took a lot of positives out of this fixture. Um, look, all credit when credit's due, Tottenham had a beautiful counter-attack. Um, and there were multiple times throughout the first half they also had this potential, but they always made the wrong choice. There was a couple of times where Sun would have the ball and instead of advancing up the field further, he would pass it back and let City reset. Um, but you could tell it also all signs pointed to a very – I can see Manchester City being a very prominent force um, this, this year. Uh, the biggest question on not just City fans, but – the rest of the world is is Grealish worth a hundred million pounds, and we saw a lot of glimpses. And doesn't matter how much he's worth, it's a big, big. You got big shoes to fill when you're playing instead of um, Kevin De Bruyne, right? And Aguero, no, number it, ten. If you have number yeah. ten in the back of your jersey, yeah, one yeah, of no, the no, definitely, in the definitely, League. but. He's playing as a midfielder. Um, you know, yeah. a Manchester United fan below me would know the <laughs> memories and the history that Kun Aguero did in that jersey for Manchester City. So they're big shoes to, shoes to fill in a number 10 perspective. But taking the field, City looked great. Now, the stats won't lie. The stats say it's a very even game. But everyone who knows football and knows Pep Guardiola, he's... Game plan is not how many shots on target you get, it's how you hold that ball. And City held that ball extremely well. It's just that they did not have that finish. They did not have that that number nine to get that ball in the back of the net and someone to take charge, which was, which was you could see it was lacking. But at the same time, we saw last season, um, Sterling took the reins. Um, Silva took the reins. So everyone's to plays their part. But with um, a lot of names on the Manchester City transfer list now who are going up for sale, there are going to be a couple of holes that we could have easily filled last season. Um, I feel, again, Tottenham were phenomenal. Um, uh, Espiritu Santo there, his first fixture as a Tottenham manager coming from Wolves. Um, and... You couldn't have given him a tougher fixture against former champs. He came out, his team came out, and they dominated, especially without 
Harry Kane there. Um, there's reports in Australia saying that the lack of Manchester City scoring a goal actually added more value onto Harry Kane's transfer because it just shows how desperate City are for that number nine. But overall, I don't want to sound pessimistic in regards to Tottenham, but I just feel it was a nice counter-attack, but they didn't show too much bizarre. They didn't show too much... I don't know. I don't know the exact word, but it didn't give me the confidence that they're going to be in Europe. The next first game year. of the season as well, James. James, t- tell me, tell me a little bit about Tottenham. Do they should should they get ahead of themselves or to just put their feet on the ground and know this is the first game? The stadium erupted when they when they uh, stepped onto the field, and maybe it's the fans like gave them that extra man. So should they be? optimistic or, or or should just just put their feet on their on the ground and then know where they stand this season uh yeah that's a good point you know new manager and just uh you know it's going to take a bit of time for them to work together and plus also they've got you know the hurricane issue that is a big issue for them probably behind closed doors and them trying to figure out you know is he actually going to stay with us or is he going to city and that's the only real place that he could be going to is city and because that's the, all the talks is man city but if he comes back in, it could it could boost their momentum and they could move on from this victory because it was a big victory this morning. You know, in the front of your home field, home crowd, and beating, you know, the champions of the EPL and probably the best team in the last, you know, five years with the best team. You know, they don't have Aguero anymore. But if Aguero was there, it probably still would be a good contest. But as Bruno has said, they didn't really move on from that goal. They just sat back and just thought we, our defense could do the job, but it really didn't really do the job. It just they just held on. They they should have just as soon as they got the goal, they should have just kept going. Son should have pushed more forward, but he didn't. They held back a little bit further, but as it, it's a it's a momentum boost, yes. But I think there's a lot of things happening behind closed doors that could be the could be the factor in the next couple of weeks. If they win next week. It might well, it might help them out, but I think they need to get that Harry Kane issue uh, uh, fixed pretty quickly. Okay, before we throw to you, Mo, um, just a quick fact in regards to this fixture: there was um, over five, uh, just under five hundred million pounds in that starting eleven for Manchester City, the most expensive team ever fielded in the Premier League history. But then, if you look to the bench. There was another two hundred and ninety-five million pounds worth of players, right? I don't know about financial fair play. I don't know about financial crisis, but James did touch on they sat back. Um, but is that is that Espiritu Santos Wolverhampton days coming through and showing? Well, when you've got a one-nil lead against the champs, a one-or draw is a good result. But if we can hold on for the three points, it's fantastic. If they concede once, we've still got a point out of it. But um, what you take? What were your takes from the Tottenham fixture? I'm going to talk about the Tottenham. What happened with Tottenham is is that when they switched to the three-five-two at the end of the game, a little bit to the end, and then everybody thought they sat. Yes, because these players are actually not used to that system. Mourinho played that system sometimes, but Pochettino probably played that system 10% or maybe less uh, in, in some games. So, Spirito Santo is a, is a guy that plays three in the back most of the time. 
in in his Wolves days. So he has two two actually very defensive full other than Regalon probably who actually defended a lot. Doherty on the right side kept defending over and over. So he had three center backs and Doherty on the side. It was very defensive, actually. And with Oliver Skip and Hoiberg in the middle, this is seven defenders on the field, flat out defending guys. And they had no other option than playing counter attack. They do not have Lucilcio is a box to box midfielder. They do not have Harry Kane and Sun behind him. And that creates a lot of offensive depth. So I think he doesn't have a choice until they have a, a number nine to play, to get Son to play that between the lines space that he used to do. He had no other option other than defending. And also, we have to say, Manchester City did not play bad at all. And they could have scored in any minute of this game. And it was just a Man City game, typical. We'll have the ball all the time. The difference is they created chances and they should have put at least two of them away. They had two open goal chances that they were missed. I don't know what's the problem there, but I think it's a little bit of uh, like the talk, as James said. There's a lot of talk about Harry Kane and he's, is he going to go? Is he going to stay? That creates a hole in the mental stability of these players. And I think that's what happens. And they have to sort this out as soon as possible. Are we going to have a forward or we don't? And move yeah. on from this. I'm going to move on from the game and then go to the actual, in my opinion, one of the biggest games in the Premier League history. Man United and Leeds in Old Trafford. This was phenomenal. One of the most enjoyable games. Same as last season, 6-3. Well, what a game. Like, And then this game could have been... Could have been 7-4, could have been 6-1, could have been anything. Leeds, don't let the score fool you. Leeds created probably four good chances that they could have put in away. And Man United created about nine. James, let me just ask you, and I'm going to let you talk about your two superstars. Was it a Pogba show, a Fernandez show, or it was just Man United show? Uh, I I was actually in shock with Pogba because honestly, you know, the, over the last you know twelve months with Pogba, you know, it's hot and cold. One day he, you get this, and then the next it's completely different. But Fernandez, you know, Fernandez is Fernandez. He is he is that middle for us right now. He is he is creating everything. You know, last year he was one of the, he was one of the best midfielders with De Bruyne. You put them two together. If you had them two together as as a pudding, they'd be, be the best midfield in the world. As you look at like all the other teams around the world, like Madrid with you know Modric and Cruz, they them two together are exactly like if you had Mendes and De Bruyne together. But as going on with Pogba, magnificent came out there looking like France Pogba. That's that's how as even the commentary commentators were saying at the start of the game. If they have France Pogba out here today. It could be a smashing, which it was. And all credit to Leeds. They held, they put for the first 45 minutes, held held United only to what that one goal, but it was off for a counter attack. And, you know, when they got that stunning goal <laughs> uh, just after half time, I thought this game could turn on its heads. And, and, you know, when United does concede a goal, it sometimes, you know, builds, uh, it just demotes them a lot. And I've seen it. It happens a lot to us, but I don't know what Ollie has done over the last couple of months to say, you know, 
we've had their ups and downs. You know, we're on a we're on a good streak at the moment. And let's just, you know, if we concede one, let's bounce back, which which they did. And very quickly. And Pogba <laughs> Pogba plays left mid. Who who thought? He's usually a central midfielder. Like it's just it's a weird, brilliant move. It's a brilliant it move is. from from Oli. It's a brilliant move because the guy was next to uh, Fernandez most of the time. It's it was brilliant. Yeah, definitely. And with Greenwood up front, and the scary part is, is that with Greenwood up front, you know, up and coming, you know, we've got all these up and coming strikers. They people weren't talking about that. We still got Cavani coming back. And Cavani is a really good striker, and that's going to be a great contest between them both to see who gets that number nine spot, even with Martial as well in the background. You've got three prolific strikers. You've got Martial, you've got Greenwood, you've got Cavani. you even got Rashford, who's going to come back from injury. And you got Sancho, who came off the bench for 15 minutes. Didn't, you know, wasn't built up for the hype at will, but when he does come on, you know, if he starts or come off the bench, gets a bit more playing time and gets used to the Premier League, it'll be very interesting to see what lineups Oli comes up with because he's going to have a tough time picking because right now you've got Pogba and Fernandez in the midfield and then up the front is literally you could have the best strike. And contesting with, you know, Man City or, say, a Liverpool or, you know, any or Tottenham if Tottenham, you know, have their right strike force. Even Chelsea, even Chelsea as well, they're, they're dark horses. But with United, it's, it's you can't, I can't, you can't off one game. It's got, to, it's got to work every week. And it's, it's a work in progress and it has been for the last 12 months. And Oli, you know, he's had his ups and downs. But I just believe that this team on the weekend showed that everyone has Oli's back. And it will be a very good season if they continue with their momentum on this, I believe. Bruno, uh, do you have like things about Leeds? Do you think they are going to struggle this season or are they going to be consistent? Or It's one game, I know, but, but it, it's, is, it, is it the second season syndrome where you like drop your, your, uh, your energy and stuff like this? Yeah, look, I, I think um, I don't want to dwell too much on this because we do have a jam-packed show. So um, before we move on, yeah, definitely. I I think the most impressive thing about this fixture was the demons that Manchester United put behind them after the terrible loss in the Europa League final. Um, you know, it, yeah, exactly, exactly. And You have to bring it up. I, I, we know that you had to bring it up, like... No, 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 but but <laughs> a lot of teams depends on how they bounce back, and you you saw um, now I'm moving it to a different league. Inter Milan lose the final of the Europa League. The next three first three four games of the following season, you could see that was still playing on their mind. Whereas Manchester United didn't just come out, but they showed the Premier League there's something to be reckoned with. At the same time. It was 18 minutes of brilliance, right? They played well for 18 minutes where Leeds fell asleep, right? Because from 1-0, it was 1-1. And then within the space of 18 minutes, it was 5-1. And when it happens like that, you got to look, well, who was, who, what do you award this to? 
You award it to the Pogba Fernandez brilliance? Of course you do, because if they didn't perform well, it wouldn't be 5-1. But at the same time, did Leeds fall asleep that much that it made them look good? I don't think so. I personally do think that, um, you know, it was a fantastic performance. Uh, and, yeah, there's definitely more. We saw the announcement of Iran at the sure. start of the the game. It was a brilliant announcement. I didn't expect it to happen the way it did. Him walking out with his jersey. Um, we saw Sancho who came on when the game was done and dusted. No press, pressure at all. But they are going to be a building force. In regards to Leeds, I think they they copped the same similar result last season against Manchester United, but I just think they do boast they boast enough class to stay within the top flight of the Premier League. I think they, 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 they'll get the points against the teams below them that provide a challenge to the teams above them, right? Whereas you look at some of the other teams who struggle against the teams below them and just give up against the teams above them. Um, again, on Pogba, you mentioned uh, James earlier. You know, last season he was ordinary. Well, last season Pogba had three assists for the entire season. This 90 minutes, he had four assists. So he's already moved on, right? So, it, it, but we've seen in the past players and their attitude, and Pogba is one of these players where attitude does play a big part. And there was links to him returning back to Juventus for a second stint. Um, there were talks of him leaving Manchester United altogether. So if that is true, I don't know, is that a motivation behind Pogba? him driving up the value of himself, or is he really playing for the, the jersey? So time will tell because we've still got 37 more games to go, which is which is the silver lining on this all. But we don't want to dwell too much on that. There was a game which I was extremely looking forward to, and this was, um, uh, this was due to many reasons. We saw two seasons ago Timo Puki light up the Premier League when he played for Norwich before they were relegated. So that was one of the reasons I really wanted to look at the Norwich-Liverpool fixture. But another one was the return of Virgil van Dijk. Right, so I want to hand it to you, Mo, because I know you watched this game well. And I just want to see what was your opinion. Did Norwich impress you at all? Or is it just the Liverpool show? And is this the Liverpool we saw two seasons ago? Actually, I think Norwich played really well. Like the the results will fool you. I think Norwich came out the better team for the first fifteen minutes. They actually created. They came on into some good uh, positions, dangerous positions. They didn't put the ball away, but it was it was okay. It, it showed the hunger that they want to be there, and I felt that these fifteen minutes showed that they belong. They should be here, and they are here. On the other side, Liverpool. Van Dijk is there, Salam uh, scoring and, and just assisting two and scoring shows you this guy is never shy of confidence. This guy, he is maybe some people will say, oh, he lost one season wonder. Now we're talking about four season wonder. Four season, five, fifth season running and the guy is scoring in the first, in the opening fixture. It's it's just something brilliant. right? Sadio Mane, and uh, uh, back to his best. He played really, really well. The confidence is up there. And also Diego Jota adds different depth to the forward line. It's that 
extra that Firmino from two seasons ago, the guy that can assist, can score, can make runs. I think him and Firmino will have a great season. I hope that uh, Klopp can find some way, play them both together with Salah and Mane, and then we'll see a front line that will destroy the Premier League. But I don't know which front line will destroy the Premier League if Harry Kane goes to Man City, Man United front line, or Chelsea with Lukaku now. But this front line by themselves, they are capable of scoring 30 to 40 goals, all of them together, which is going to be really, really big. James, do you have anything? Did you did you have anything to add about this game? Um, yeah, you pretty much covered it all. But yeah, just to see, you know, Van Dyke back into the back in the back lineup with for Liverpool, it's I mean, it's a major difference. You know, with without him there, there wasn't much cohesion in the back. But as soon as Van Dyke goes back in, it's comfortable. It's you know, they get forward. Everyone he get, he does the job for him. And with you know whoever starts up next to him, it could be Gomez, it could be anyone. But I think. Van Dyke and Gomez, that strike force at the back is 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 one to beat at the moment. And it probably will be this season and it'll be tough to beat them. Bruno, I'm gonna ask you a question about this game. The midfielder that played for Liverpool actually is not the starting lineup for Liverpool in the midfield. There is there is no there was no Fabinho, no Henderson, and no Thiago Alcantara. So do you think when these guys are come back, Liverpool are title content can they can they go all the way or they can't? Look, with with a manager like Jurgen Klopp, they're always going to be title contenders. They're always going to be thereabouts. Um, What I really looked forward to was to see how they were going to play without Wijnaldum there. Um, Because in my eyes, that was a great loss. You mentioned Salah. Well, when Suarez left, he thought, well, Liverpool's going to struggle now. And then Salah integrated into the team and played extremely well. Um, I think... Their midfield isn't going to be an issue, um, even if they do have a weakened midfield, uh, because James James hit the nail on the head. And from my perspective, um, if you've got a defence like Liverpool do, you're not letting in many goals. When you've got a goalkeeper like Allison in goals, you're not letting in many goals. So the challenge for the strikers has just become a whole lot more easier because that one goal lead can be held on to, you have a lot of faith in your defence. But that is probably, um, talking about defence, I think it's a fantastic segue because we saw one of the um, one of the most surprising fixtures of the um, opening round. It was the opening fixture. It was the team I personally predicted to get relegated this season, Brentford, taking on Arsenal <laughs> in a 2-0 victory I don't know if we celebrate Brentford's 2-0 victory like it should be or do we discuss Arteta and why is he still their manager? Because I remember last week's um, last week's conversation with Jordan that you had. He said, yeah, he might have won them the, tie- the trophy at the perfect time, but now he can't keep using that. Is this loss to Brentford... I personally have my money on him being the first manager to be sacked this season um, because Arsenal fans are probably one of the most brutal and vocal fans when it comes to their club, um, behind Manchester United, that is. Um, But no, surprising, yes, but is 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 it showing the underlying issues at Arsenal or... 
do we just take this 2-0 Brentford win and celebrate Brentford as a whole? I think Brentford deserved to win. There is no surprise here. Someone showed up. It's exactly, I just wanted to tell you that in my opinion, that's how I saw it. This is two students, they went to the class together. One of them sat in the first row, wanted to listen to the teacher, and the other one sat in the back and didn't care, even though he is the smarter kid. But he just sat back. He went to the to the class without any energy, and the guy in the front kept answering all the questions. And at the end, he scored higher than the guy in the back, even though the guy is smarter. The, that's what Arsenal happened with Arsenal. They showed up to this game not prepared at all. These guys did not have any idea how to play against Brentford. So we as a Premier League fan, maybe we did not watch Brentford enough, but Mikael Arteta, you have a first game against Brentford, you should know what to do. They did not create enough. They were pressed Arsenal really high and still trying to keep, to keep the ball and play the ball from the back, and they created a, that created a lot of problems for them. So hats off to Brentford. This, this is a team that I tweeted at that time. I said, this is a team that belongs. I've, I've, I, I, they went to the final two years ago, but then now they are here. But they want to stay here. It's, it doesn't matter if it was Arsenal, it was anybody else. They showed that we're prepared. So I'm not going to discuss Arsenal loss. Arsenal is in crisis, in my opinion, from last season. If you have Aubameyang and Lacazette and you don't know how to integrate them on the field together to get the best out of them, and you still don't know if Saka is going to stay in the club or leave because you don't know your best lineup until now. You don't know your best fullbacks until now. That's a big problem. You have been there for 18 months now. So what are you waiting for to know the best 11? And I know injuries and stuff, but he doesn't know his first uh, starting 11. And that's yeah. a crisis. Definitely. Look, gents, I'm going to throw it to you. Um, we saw right before the fixture that Abumiang and Lacazette were missing. But... My biggest question is 70 million euros for Ben White in defence and you're letting two goals in against Brentford. Now, is is this a, a – we didn't – although um, although we saw Arsene Wenger there and there was uproar and they wanted him out, he was extremely consistent. He was getting them into Champions League, Europa League and everything along those lines. But since he has left, there has been such a destabilization of the team. Now, they've spent 70 million euros, that is. I'm not talking pounds. He's 70 million euros on Ben White. Is this just, are they trying to put a band aid on a wound that requires a whole lot more? A uh, bit of both. So you could look at it as first game Premier League, first game for Brentford, full crowd. You, it's it's a big moment for him. Brentford first game back in the Premier League after so like millions of you can say millions of years for these guys. Just I think you could say that that yeah it could be a wound just to heal up a little bandage on that. But I I just think that it was Brentford's night. It was first game Premier League in front of your home crowd. You're taking on one of the best you know one of the top tier clubs of the Premier League, and we're and if you want to make a statement. That's how you did it. And they did it. And you, they, Arsenal, you know, they can make all the excuses up. Or, you know, we had no Aubameyang. We had no Lacazette. But they would have known that ages. They would have known that probably 72 hours beforehand. They knew straight. There was no way they would have known that hours beforehand. But I just believe that it, it's just Brentford's night. And, uh, and I'm actually excited for when big teams do go to Brentford 
and the you know these little clubs, you know, get the big teams to this to this stadium and with a full crowd because there's not many times that you could say that for the fans especially. How when's the time you're going to see a Man City Brentford game or a Man United Brentford game or Chelsea or Tottenham going to Brentford? It just it's just words you would never have said, you know, ten years ago. But these little yeah. teams come through the championship and are coming up now. I know I've come off Arsenal a little bit, but I just believe that that was their night, and 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 all credit to them. And for Arsenal, it's it's been such a rocky road. And as you said, their their fans are the deadliest fans. And if they want someone out, they will eventually get them out. And since they have got Wenger out, it has declined. You know, they they got in Aubameyang and they brought in Lacazette to see. You know, they needed the strike force, but. It's a cohesive unit. If they don't work together, then the whole team's not going to work together because they look up or they look at them and going, "Well, we need you to score the goals," but they're like, "Well, you need to stop conceding them so we can actually perform for you guys." But they don't see it as that, and yeah. I think it's going to be a long road for Arsenal. And right now, they are just in tatters. And yeah. I don't know what the option is, but I don't believe if they sack Arteta, it's just it's just they're restarting again. And then they'll bring yeah. in another that will probably be, and then Aubameyang and Lacazette might not like him or or, yeah. or anyone like he, they could come in and then next minute they're gone. Yeah. And well, they're, I, expecting, they're expecting so much in so little time. It just, yeah. It, and look, a perfect example like United. Oli Oli was Oli's throne was thrown under the bus many a times last year, but he's finally brought him through. It takes time. And it just got to take cohesive units to work together. And for Ben White, first game for Arsenal wasn't the best, but I think over time he will show why he's worth the seventy million, uh, seventy euros that they yeah, that they paid for him. Yeah, and, and, and look, I think you 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 you're spot on there. But um, talking about this, um, before we move forward, just a reminder to all our fans tuning in, whatever platform you're listening to. Please don't forget to like and subscribe for all your football worldwide content where we will bring you, be bringing you weekly Serie A and EPL shows as well as a European weekly catch-up which will cover all of Europe's top five leagues. So don't forget to like and subscribe. But you mentioned Chelsea, James. We <laughs> saw them win 3-0 over Crystal Palace um, and they did it after announcing a £97.5 million signing of Romelu Lukaku. That's burning you a little bit, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, look, it, as an Inter fan, it is eating inside a little bit. But um, when someone hands you £97.5 million, uh, million pounds, uh, you, it, it, it makes you smile a bit. It's like seeing your childhood home get demolished, but the money you got paid for that, it makes it all better. Um, but we saw them dominate, and uh, and there was a couple of instances, and I'll hand to you, Mo, first, but I am going to make a very big statement now, um, other than how great and how well they played as a collective unit, but Chaloba, his goal, goal of the season so far, and I think we might have seen it in round one. I just think it was absolute cracker of a shot. Yeah, you might have take, take the pressure off. They're winning 2-0. It's against Crystal. He's going for it. But it takes a lot and it meant a lot. And you could just see 
And it sort of shone a light onto me as to what Chelsea is to these players in regards to Lukaku. Chelsea is a home to a lot of these players. And you've seen Mason Mount, who went through the academy with this player, and you've seen it. Um, but personally, um, after seeing this display, I I really think Chelsea are genuine title contenders. Um, and yeah, they're only strengthening it with um, Lukaku. But Mo, Alonso, that free kick. Could any goalkeeper have stopped that? No, no. But let me just tell you something. This this team, this this team is the most stable team I think in the world. Like all over the world, it's the only team that you can integrate any player into it, and then it'll be great. So it didn't matter if it was uh, Ben Chilwell, if it was Emerson, if it was Alonso on the right side, it was Hudson Odoi, Aspeliqueta. It showed that. Shalabu, the guy that came in, that's a kid, came from Lyon back to Chelsea, debut for uh, for Chelsea in the Premier League, and the confidence, the shot, the amount of interceptions, the tackles he put in, it doesn't show you how good he is as much as it shows you how stable this club is in terms of anybody can be integrated in the system. You, I'm going to take it a further a level up from you. I'm going to tell you, in my opinion, until this hurricane thing is, is resolved, I think Chelsea are favourites. This game, in a nutshell, was we went to the beach, we had a swim, we got up, we had dinner, we went to bed, no problems. There was no problems for Chelsea from minute one to the final minute. It was the smoothest game I have seen in the 10 games. Every team struggled. Even Man United struggled when Ailing came 1-1. Nobody from Chelsea twitched a little yesterday. And uh, I'm just going to say one thing. Patrick Vieira, welcome to the Premier League. James, thoughts? Um, talking about his goal, I'd say Ailing's goal as well was an absolute yeah. strike as well. Like you could say both of them would be goal of the week um, and season at the moment. Like... <laughs> They, uh, just the moment he would have had just thinking that and then the whole entire Stamford Bridge saying shoot and then he shoots it and it goes in. Just it would have been an unreal moment for that kid just to do it in front of his home, like he, the home crowd. And But yeah, Chelsea, they are, they are stable and there's no problems. And bringing in Lukaku, uh, it's, it, this might be a boost for Werner to see bring in Lukaku and it, it might actually change his performances around like yes he struggled sometimes last year you know in front of goal but I think maybe if they put them both together that would be the most dominant strike force you have one of the most dominant strikers right now of Lukaku who dominated CDR as you as Bruno would know being an Inter Milan fan but just him and Werner together if Werner could either learn something or Lukaku learns from Werner them two together with that behind them, with that midfield and that defence, they'll be unstoppable. Yeah, I have look, to highlight I Kovacic. That... I have to highlight one thing, Bruno. Kovacic had a brilliant game in the midfield. Tons of interceptions in the midfield, tackles in. He was absolutely great. And it shows you that this is going to be a battle between Kante, the European winner, Jorginho, and Kovacic. This is not easy 
it's not easy to choose two of these three to play along with Mason Mount, who is who has to start. Mason Mount is one of the most promising young talents in the world right now. So, oh, Bruno, yeah, I look, tell me I what think do you think on your point of Kovacic. I said it when he was back at Inter Milan as an 18 year old. This player is going to progress into something great. He went to Real Madrid, he wasn't given the chance. Went to Chelsea and he has just matured beyond his years as a great player. But he's not one of the names you see on the headlines. He does a lot of his stuff off the ball and in silence. You don't see him looking for praise. Um, I, don't, I, I think a lot of people are resting on Chelsea um, overall. But like you said, they've got Jorginho and Emerson who won the um, Euros just recently, they they are the champions of Europe as a national team. Chelsea are the champions of Europe as a club team, you know, and they've only strengthened it, right? They haven't lost anything, and they've brought in a striker. Now, I put Chelsea's fourth-place finish. I think that they finished fourth last season. It was, it was third or fourth, right? I put their finish down to... They focused on the Champions League and they got the dividends they were looking for, right? And also Back remember then, that, uh, that he got the team mid-season and it was a struggle. Yes. And, and I was about to say, Tuchel is one of the most prolific managers I have seen at Chelsea. No manager has beaten Manchester City three times in, one in the last six months, let alone in their career, have beaten Pep's teams, Right? And he has done it three times. It is absolutely phenomenal how he has taken this team. And we saw what he did with PSG. He got them to a final, right, against one of the greatest Bayern Munich teams we have seen. But what he has done for Chelsea, he has provided competition. And I said it in um, the European Weekly Catch-Up prediction video we did. I said the top four is the same top four as last season, but I cannot put the, the ranks because even if Harry Kane does go there, you said it, Chelsea are consistent, they've got stability, and their manager has Guardiola under his thumb. He knows what he's doing. But um, moving on to another top four potential threat is Leicester City. They took on Wolves. They won 1-0, but... I think the story to come out of this is Jamie Vardy, this player who everyone thought was this one-season wonder when Leicester won the title over Harry Kane's Tottenham back then. He rejected offers from Arsenal and Real Madrid to stay with Leicester, and everyone thought he was just going to go away. He's done everything but that. Is this team... I, I, I don't think we're going to go as far as saying they're title contenders, but surely they're Champions League contenders. Um, I'll throw it to you, James, first. What do you think? Is this Leicester team the goods? Did they get a Wolves team who just lost Espiritu Santo and they're still trying to work their way around the new manager? Or what's your opinion? Uh, first of all, love Jamie Vardy. He's one of the, one of the greatest you know, imitators of strikers and just, a, just one of them strikers that you just you want in your team. You know, he's a, he loves his Leicester. You know, he says it many times. He goes, I'll never leave this club because they brought me 
they brought me to this club and you know i i've it's it's everything to him everything he does is for them is for the crowd is for everything and for him to score on opening day it's just and to do what he did in front of the wolves crowd it's just typical imitations of old strikers like Cantona and all that he's bringing back the old premier league and to talk about wolves yes they just lost their manager but i i believe this was actually a really good game it, it was backwards and forwards very unlucky by Traore. you know he missed a couple of times you know it could have sunk Leicester if if he got them two goals in um but just uh, Leicester, they they could they could be a top 4 i think they'll just sit under they'll probably sit about fifth for a while and when they get to those top teams like they did during the that time they won the championship uh i believe they will pressure united or city or chelsea i think they'll uh, teams could go in there and underestimate them and vardy if vardy is playing you know with madison behind him and tillemans and all of them they could be they could be an underdog team that could make champions league and uh it, up against the big teams they they will be they'll be the dark horses absolutely yeah, absolutely i think yeah. no um we saw jordan predict the wolves to be a relegation team did you see this against leicester i didn't see it but the problem with them is that i thought that when i watched the game that it was there was the plan was not there it was just individual performances like trincao was very he was absolutely great the new guy but it was individual uh, adama traori was individual it's a great that they have raul Jimenez back but it's i don't see the Spirito Santo plan that was always there. I, but maybe the new guy, he needs time. The new manager, he needs time. But this game was a just a simple game. Leicester, Vardy, go behind, score, done. Their defense is absolutely phenomenal. Now with Vestergaard coming in, this is this is this is a top four contender for sure. Nobody will tell me otherwise. I know that they don't have the money like the other teams, but this is a top four contenders, and we haven't even seen the, the 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 best of them yet i think that the forward that scored i think 38 goals in, in the, uh, last season in in uh, red bull uh, salzburg we haven't seen him yet this is next to Ainacho and vardy that would be a great force but that's all i can and... say about the team yes uh i want to move on to the i think this is this was one strange game and newcastle going up and West Ham always coming back. We're always there. They say, we're coming back, we're coming back. And it showed us that David Moyes wants to show the Premier League that I'm going to try to do the same as last year. I'm going to be there and there about, as you said, behind these top four. And if I can get a European spot, I'll be there. It's the first game. I don't want to get carried away. But Said Benrahma, Mikhail Antonio makes the biggest difference for them. And West Ham, to be honest, they are very, very consistent team in terms of performances. They never change their plan after they've fallen behind. Even though Newcastle pressed, which is not normal for them. Steve Bruce, very, very good 45 minutes. But then second half, they fell apart because I think West Ham is the, is, is, is the better team on the field and they are more experienced than them. And last season was just a great example of how this team and they have the personnel to stay close to the European spots. Uh, Bruno, 
What do you think about that? I uh, look. I call. I, I, I've said Newcastle to be relegated. Um, you said they played a fantastic forty-five minutes. Well, football's a game of ninety minutes, and you can't go playing forty-five minutes. Um, I also feel that you saw the immaturity and the inexperience in this team um, when the penalty was awarded and given after the initial strike, which was saved by the goalkeeper. Newcastle defenders were just standing there. There was no follow-up. You got my opinion is you have a penalty, you always got to follow up as if the goalkeeper's gonna save it. Because in instances like last night, well, this morning your time, you have this follow-through and they scored. Right? It was it you saw the game turn there and then. Um Saint Maxim is a fantastic player. Do I see him staying at Newcastle? No. I just think he's too good for that team. I feel he doesn't fit the mould of the Newcastle team. And if they lose him, there's going to be even bigger problems. But I don't want to dwell too much on this fixture, only because um, we do have a lot of content to get through. But, James, Newcastle, are they the team that you think might be going down or is it just the first game and they're getting the cobwebs off? First game, uh, different for every team, as you know. Um, St. Maximum, as you said, if someone takes, if someone offers him, you know, the money, he's going to leave. They, you know, he did all the work today. Them two goals, like especially that first one, like Declan Rice was one of the best builders and defensive for England in the Euros. And Maximum just made him, just ripped him. And it just, and that's how they got the goal. But with Newcastle, uh, they're a very hot and cold team, and West Ham are too. Like, but you've said before, they are very consistent. But there are times during the season, West Ham they do fall apart, then they bring themselves back up. Newcastle do this as well, but I uh, I do believe they just escaped last year um, from relegation. I do, I believe that this year Newcastle will get relegated. I know it's only the first game, but I think um, without without any strike force and plus going up against the big teams um you know they might get a win here and there they might get a couple of wins but i don't see them progressing any further well west ham all they want to do is get european football and i yeah, think look yeah. it could happen and they could get i think europa league and that will be a huge success for david Moyes. yeah definitely and look um like i said we won't dwell too much um I'll throw it to you again, James. Everton 3, Southampton 1. Um, what were your key takings from this fixture? We'll just keep it brief here. Oh, one of, one of the Everton. Uh, <laughs> well, one of the other goals as well, that, that touch and then flicking your top ends. Like, they have a good they have a good front three as well. Like, you have Richarlison who just came back from the Olympics and won gold for his country. And now he's and now he's gone back to Everton and he's scoring and uh, Lewin as well. Like it's they're they're a good team as well. They're, they're well balanced as well. Um, I a young team. Uh, Pickford, you know, he got he got caught out a couple of times. Um, I think their defense is a little bit if, but I think uh, I think they'll be. I think the mid table. I'm saying mid table for them, especially yeah. South. Well, probably mid table, low low after under the mids. Yeah, that's look, a, that's what you see uh, about the, the, the big manager, James. The big manager gives you a better second half. So what happened is they played really bad and then Rafa Benitez turned around second half and told him, go out there, play, 
and he yeah. can like this is what a big manager will give you and Rafa Benitez showed it showed it yesterday that he deserves to be there and he's this this team is is go I think this team has the squad if Alan and Dakore and and everybody's yeah. fit this team can challenge for top six I think so I think they have they have every right to think that we can do it as much as West Ham and Tottenham and Arsenal I I think they're they should finish higher than Arsenal this year because they have a better squad than the Arsenal squad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I, I think so. And um, let's not dwell on that. Uh, one of the more entertaining fixtures this week, um, and it was also entertaining not just for the scoreline, but life after Grealish. And we saw Watford beat Aston Villa 3-2. Um, I'll throw it straight to you, Mo. Uh can Aston Villa survive life after Grealish one? And two, um, what do you think? Do you think Watford's going to stay up this time or are they going straight back down? If they play every game like this, they're definitely going to stay up. The players showed hunger. They wanted it. The front three were brilliant. Ismail Asar was absolutely fantastic. This team is like they were never relegated from the first time. They were still here and they belong in the league. As for Aston Villa, I think they're going to be mid-table. I think they might get like eighth or ninth or something because they have a very good players. And it showed when, when Bailey came in at the end, Bailey, Traore, uh, Danny Ings, this team is going to go, it's, it's going to play really well this season. And there is no fear for Aston Villa. And I think they can be a, a, a top half of the table team. It's easy. Life after Grealish, I'm going to... Say it, I say it as we said it in the last uh, episode. They're going to be fine. They're going to live. And they're going to play the same football because they actually brought players that are really, really good. Bailey and Ings are really, really good players. And you've got to remember Ashley Young there. But, James, um, I'll throw it to you. Watford, Aston, entertaining fixture. What are you, give, give me one or two points as to what you take from this fixture. In regards to the rest of the Premier League, oh, you know you got two mid-table teams fighting for a spot, and you know they well, it was one of the best games this week. It was very entertaining. Uh, you know, it's Danny Ings. You know, he's a prolific striker. You know, he's a, he's a striker you don't talk about a lot, but he, when he finally gels into the team, they will be a mid-table team, and they, you know they will make a difference. Uh, what a young team! They want it. Their hunger is just unbelievable, and I've, they. You know, one day, you know, look at when they what they did to Liverpool. Well, it was unexpected, but they're a team you could underestimate one day, and they could beat one of the top teams. Yeah, so, definitely. These two teams, uh, you know, they're they're the mid-table teams of the Premier League, but they're the teams you underestimate that would make a shocker for the week. Yeah. Well, look, we like I said, we'll motor through the last fixture: Burnley one, Brighton two, um, Mo. Burnley played really well, but again, they didn't play well for 90 minutes. What do you think? Do you think this team has a, has momentum to challenge for Europe or are they going to be the bottom half of the table? Burnley, they're going to be the bottom half of the table, but it's a very positive thing. Uh, Sean Dyche always played a, a long ball, but they actually, for the first 70 minutes, they controlled the game. They created a lot of chances. They were really good. They played the ball on the ground. And they tried everything possible. Of course, they crossed. We have to have Chris Wood and Rodriguez there, but they played really well. Brighton, 
actually this game in the first 70 minutes they did not play the brighton ball the grand porter uh, game they actually sat back they could not move the ball up but after 70 minutes then you guys came in and it was different team right away we're 2-1 up and they can defend i hope that brighton stays burnley i think they're going to struggle this season i think they're going to struggle for survival and I predicted them to actually get relegated finally from the Premier League after trying so hard in the last two seasons after he got seventh three seasons ago, four seasons ago, Sean Dash. So the thing I take from this game, it's just one game, yes. But Brighton, now they can score goals. And Burnley, now they can defend, which is what made them stay last season. Yeah, James. I, I I repeat the question to you. What do you say with these two teams in regards to the rest of the Premier League? Um, and was the result much a surprise or you just think these bottom half of the table teams are going to have these classic games? Oh, it's it perfectly as you said it. They, these these are the mid-table, the mid table, the bottom half of the teams, you know, look, fighting for three points. That's that's all they, that's all they, they want to know and, you know, to stay away from that bottom section of the of the table. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those games you don't really harp on about. It's not really one that you talk about unless it's like a five goal thriller. That's, that's yeah, like, yeah. That's the only thing. Or or it's yeah. If if say one of these teams are playing the big teams, it's the only way you will notice them. But yeah, yeah. It, that's that's the way I see it. It's two mid table to bottom half team. Just fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Look, that's a that's a that's a beautiful. Uh, I, I feel like we've covered. Quite extensively, this week's fixtures results in the Premier League match day one. Some surprises, some not so much. But looking forward to match day two, we have some fantastic fixtures. I'll throw it to you first, Mo. What is the fixture to look out for, in your opinion, for match day two of the Premier League? It's Arsenal, Chelsea, where Arteta get his team dominated again by a brilliant Chelsea team. This is, I predict this game to finish 3-1 to Chelsea, and it will be an easy game for them. That's what I expect. Um, there's another game, West Ham-Leicester. James, what do you think about West Ham-Leicester? These are two teams fighting for top six. They came fifth and sixth last season. So what do you think about this game? Yeah, um, it's going to be one of the games. Uh, just backtrack on Arsenal Chelsea. I don't see Arsenal scoring against Chelsea at all. I think three nil again. I think Chelsea will be too good. But to go on West Ham Leicester, yeah, it's going to be a great classic game. You know, Vardy up against Antonio. That's that's how you see it. That's how the books will see it. It's who's who's going to be the more prolific striker on the day. I believe I see a I see a three two scoreline. I think Vardy will just get the top of them. I think just the momentum back, uh, but major factor could be crowds, could be the fans, as we've emphasised at the start. Going into West Ham Stadium, it's it's massive, and they're so passionate. But I just see Leicester just getting the right at the end. I think Vardy, Vardy being the killer that he is, I think he'll get the uh, the, the the dub for Leicester. Bruno, yeah, look, tell I, me about I, Arsenal and Chelsea. West Ham, Leicester, tell me your predictions. But also, I want to hear your thoughts about Espiritu Santo going back to Wolves with Tottenham. You took the words out of my mouth, man. I love it. Uh, um, uh, look, Arsenal-Chelsea, 
it's do or die. Um, and the one thing you know for uh, for Arteta and Arsenal, when their back's against the wall, they'll pull a result out of nowhere and beat the Chelsea's, the Manchester City's, the United's on against them on their good days. Um, and it all comes down to Aubameyang Lacazette. If you've got no one to score a goal, <laughs> you can't win a game. And essentially, that's what happened against Brentford. But look, I think um, the next two weeks will be very, very important for Werner and Chelsea because uh, Romelu Lukaku is in isolation in the UK. As he moved through France to go to England, he has to face that two-week quarantine period. So I think you find a lot of these players playing to get their starting, um, to get their foot in the door and to get that um, that starting position. Um, West Ham, Leicester, look, I put it down to game experience so far this season. This is uh, this will be Leicester's third competitive fixture after winning the community shield against Manchester City, albeit it was a B team, um, but they did win it. It gives you momentum. It gives you that drive. It gives you that push. And momentum can is an amazing thing. Momentum is something phenomenal in the sense of sometimes you don't need to be your best to get the results. Um, but yeah, I do see Leicester edging. Um, I can't see, I can't see West Ham not getting a point. But so two two, um, if not a three two result, like you called. Uh, yeah, but one of my highlights and my match to look forward to this week would be um, Tottenham Wolves. Just. We know what fans can do in a stadium, and we saw what the Tottenham fans did to Grealish, and Grealish had nothing to do with Tottenham. So um, the Wolves fans, we see how they react to um, having a Espiritu Santo there. But, look, it, I just think it, it's defining for him as a manager. Um, you know, Tottenham, the Spurs, it's a very big step up from the Wolves, and even if it wasn't his team, okay, you got the 1-0 result against Manchester City. And can you back it up? Can you do it again? Can you follow that through? And I think that's what the most important thing about this fixture is because if Espirito Santo can do that, we're going to be looking at potential challenges to Champions League slash the Europa League spots. But if he falls to West uh, the Wolves or he can't maintain that, that um, momentum that they do have, and I'm using that word again, momentum, if he can't maintain that with the team he's got, you know, there's going to be questions as to where they will end up finishing. But, yeah, um, that's all I've got to say in regards to that, Mo. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Air. We're, uh, we're going to see you next week. And, and and we had a great discussion here with the guys, Bruno and, and James. Uh, I want to start. Thank you so much, James. Thank you for coming with us. And thanks for the great insight. And thanks for all your thoughts. Any final words? Oh, go United, number one. <laughs> I'm enjoying okay, this. Bruno. I'm enjoying yeah. this. Like I said, it's been too long. I haven't seen them up top. But uh, like I said, I've enjoyed this. This has been really good. Uh, hopefully I can come back on again. Um, but yeah, it'll definitely be a uh, it'll be a, an interesting another next week with the Premier League. Uh, thank God it's back. <laughs> That's all I can say for us oh, in Australia. Yes. We've got something to look forward to on the weekends. Then it's been stuck at home. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Bruno. Thank you so much, Bruno. I want to thank you so much and uh, catch Bruno guys in the midweek in the European uh, weekly catch up, uh, Bruno. 
Yes, thank you, James. Like I said, thank you for joining us. Um, definitely be having you on the shows again. Um, if it's not this one, it'll be many others. But yeah, like Mo said, European Weekly Catch-Up, hosted by myself and Jonathan. You'll find us there. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe and um, follow our link tree to all of our socials. You'll be able to find our podcast on all great podcasting platforms. And thank you for hosting such a great show, man. Uh, thank you guys so much and I hope we'll see you next week. Thank you.